everyone. This is Kristen from Arkansas Children's Hospital, and you're listening to the Live, Learn, Play podcast. Today's episode is from our Facebook Live Ask the Experts series, where we sit down with our team members for an in-depth chat about their specialty. As always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy this Ask the Experts chat. Good afternoon. I'm Kristen Bandy with Arkansas Children's, and I am joined today for our Facebook Live on Incontinence by Sally Puckett. She is an advanced practice registered nurse here at Arkansas Children's specializing in urology. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you for joining us. I'm happy to be here. Great. And so, like I said, we're going to talk about incontinence today. Yes. And so first, I'm going to ask you, what drew you to the urology department? Um, well, you know, it kind of found me. So I was a bedside nurse in the burn unit at Children's for several years while I was um, finishing my master's degree in advanced practice in pediatrics. And um, nearing the end, I started kind of seeing what jobs were available and urology was one. Um, and so I reached out and was visited by the chief of urology, Dr. Cannon at that time, and the nurse practitioner that existed there on the burn unit one day, kind of like a surprise visit. And did you know they were coming? I did not. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think they were scoping Put me you out. on the spot, huh? Uh, yeah, and ended up having interviews later and, and applying for the job. And that's kind of how I got into urology and, and found a hidden passion there. Nice, and how long have you been at Children's? I've been at Children's in this advanced practice role almost eight years. Um, prior to that, I think I was in the burn unit for four or five. I think I, st- I think it was in 2012 I started there. Awesome. So urology for eight years, you said. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what we're talking about incontinence today, and I will admit that I had to look it up to make sure that I knew exactly what it was. So tell us a little bit, what is incontinence? So incontinence is the involuntary loss of the bladder, of your, of your urine, um, whether you're awake or asleep. Um, traditionally, I think we call it other names. So you may say you know, my child wets the bed. So bedwetting, that's a type of incontinence. Um, You may say, you know, so-and-so pees on herself. So urinating on yourself during the day. Accidents is their their most common name. All of that is incontinence. And and the key really is that it's it's not intentional. It's it's unwanted. Accidents. Yeah. Right? Okay. So what what is it that causes incontinence? I know you said there were several different types, but what causes it typically? So there are a lot of types of incontinence, but it can be caused by simple things and then more complex things. So of course, I think we all know about the kid that um, is so busy playing, so excited to be on the playground at recess, and they just hold it and hold it, and then, oops, I held it too long. Um, And then opposite of that, there are um, kids that gotta go, gotta go right now. There's no holding it. Mm -hmm. If they ever have to go, it's urgent. Or peeing so frequently, so back and forth to the bathroom every 10 minutes. You pull over on the side of the road to let your kid pee. 10 minutes later, mom, I gotta go, mom, I gotta go. And and they mean it, they have to go. So um, those are pretty typical, overactive bladder and just holding it too long. And then you have, you know, girls in high school is like one big population we see. Um, only pees one or two times a day, hates the public restroom, will not pee at school. And so again, holds it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe the school just doesn't let the kid go to the bathroom. So there are like societal behavioral things that cause incontinence. And then also there are um, anatomical and neurological causes to incontinence. So you can be born with conditions of like the spinal cord that cause your bladder to work inappropriately and that can cause it as well. So you mentioned the road trip one and I I didn't prep you for this question. I have to throw it out there. You hear a lot, oh, I just have a small bladder. I have to go more than a lot of people. 
are there really a, is there really a difference in bladder size? Is that an explanation? So there is a difference in bladder capacity. So okay. we have increasing bladder capacity if we're normal. Um, as we age, our bladder capacity gets bigger. But when you typically hear someone say, I just have a small bladder, rarely is it that they truly have a truly small bladder capacity, mm -hmm. but their functional bladder capacity may be small. What that means is they may get to a certain size in their bladder um, and they can't hold it past that. Can their bladder get bigger? Sure, um, but it's under pressure or they have an outside urge to go. And so most of the time, you, your child very rarely truly has a small bladder. Okay. I was just thinking about adults. Yes. You know, you hear that like one yeah. can hold it for a 12-hour trip down to Florida and the other one has to go every five minutes. So it just triggered that question as a, a good tie-in. So uh, you told me what causes incontinence. How would a parent know when it's incontinence? Like, is there such a thing as a one-off? Like, he peed his pants one time and that's not incontinence. But sure. Then, I mean, it's an accident. It is right. incontinence. By well, definition, by definition, it's incontinence. I did look that definition up. So by definition, but I guess worrisome. How do you know when yeah. it's a worrisome incontinence? So I think it depends. So it depends on the level of concern of the parent. Or, I mean, it can present in a lot of ways. So, you know, I think we all know of the kids that have been potty trained. My kid uses the bathroom. They've done great. And then all of the sudden, they're having accidents. So that can be really overt presentation. They get their whole clothes wet, soaks them down mm -hmm. to their socks. That's a very obvious presentation of incontinence. It can be less obvious. It can be, um, you know, you're finding wet undies hidden in the floor of your, your kid's room. You didn't realize why it smelled and then you, you found these treasures. <laughs> and, um, and that can be a more subtle incontinence, just leaking. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think some parents, you know, they never even get to that, that point of potty training, they're like, at what point am I supposed to be potty trained? And is this a, a condition? Is this like something I need to see the doctor for incontinence? Because we just never really gotten a so hold of it. Just forever training, yeah. like just yeah. hasn't, hasn't worked yeah. yet. So I think that it, it presents in a, a variety of ways. Oh, perfect. I double questioned you. Yeah, I had to skip around. So you mentioned bladder control and potty training. I, I know when we start potty training, but what is the scientific you know, age that they should be able to hold it? So I love this question because there is not a scientific age at oh, which they should Oh, we don't be like to, to hear it. that. We like to no, have like stats and facts right? and something to look um, forward to. There are societal norms and there are social pressures at what age but, you should be potty trained. Oh, but nothing in the body. No. So, I mean, there are typical ages at which we see um, external sphincter control, pelvic floor muscle control, ability to hold it. Sense okay. it and We're go. getting to the facts area. Yeah. I like the facts area. There, it's an average. It's okay. it, it's different not only because everybody's different. Absolutely. But and it's different in United States versus maybe in places in Africa. So wow. it's cultural. Um, oh. typically here we see most potty training occurring between ages like two to four. But that's an average. And just if you fall outside of that, that doesn't make you wrong right. doesn't make you a bad parent, doesn't make you a failure. Every kid is different. That's right? absolutely right. Um, my child was easily four and a half before we finally got it and I'm a professional. So yes. it doesn't matter we who you are. We love to hear that. We love to hear it. it your child, it, it's an individual journey. Well, and I have two kids and one was very easy to potty train and one was not. So, I mean, just even yeah. within your own family, you can see the sure. differences yeah. between. Personality factors in, absolutely. So when do you know it's time to see the doctor? So it depends on your level of concern. So you may say, my child is, um, 
four years old and they've been potty trained and then all of a sudden we're having accidents. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say typically I start seeing children for daytime wetting around age five. But if at four years old you've had a period where you've been continent and your child is now incontinent and it's obvious and you're concerned about that, you should come see me. Vice versa, if you have a seven-year-old who wets his bed every night and you know everyone in your family's done it and they all outgrow it and you're not that concerned about it, well, do you need to see me for that? You don't need to if there's no concern, if it's not bothering the child, if it's not bothering you. I mean, and these are things you can talk to your primary care provider about, but it really depends on your feeling and intuition as a parent or caregiver. There is nothing wrong with seeking advice for something that you feel is not normal or maybe something that could be treated. So yeah, if your child's six, having bedwetting and feels the pressure of that and feels horrible about it, or if it's just economically taxing going through mattresses Mm -hmm. and sheets and you just need one less stressor, is it wrong to go see me for bedwetting at age six? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Awesome. I love, I love this. I love your, your thought process on all this. It's so great. So they do come see you. Let's say they make an appointment. Mm-hmm. They want to come see you. How is this diagnosed? So it's mostly diagnosed based on subjective history. So what that means is the majority of the visit, we're going to talk. Mm-hmm. We're going to chat. We're going to, you're going to be asked a thousand questions. And a lot of them are really funny. A lot of them are weird. And, and mm-hmm. we try and make it as enjoyable as possible. Um, we sometimes, depending on the presentation, we'll get like simple lab work, which, you know, have your child pee in a cup and then then they will have that urine tested. Just make sure there's nothing else going yeah, on. Yeah, right? absolutely, because UTI check. or urinary tract infection can cause incontinence. So mm-hmm. um, there are certain disorders that can make kids make too much pee, so we'll screen for those. Um, we may scan the bladder, see how good of a peer your child is. Um, mm-hmm. We may x-ray your belly, see how full of poop your child is. Which that can affect it. It absolutely oh. can. Mm-hmm things you learn. Yeah. So typical first visit, you'll probably have a little bit of that. Um, a lot of times we'll do a genital exam. That's a part of a complete workup. There are some things that can cause incontinence related to the genitalia. Um, so I do think that it's reasonable to have just prep conversations with your child to say they may need to look at your private parts. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Mommy will be there. Or Daddy will be there. Or I won't leave the room. It's okay they're, you know, a provider, they're a medical professional, that's their job. Right. And just have those conversations before. Um, but we do take in uh, into consideration, you know, the whole family aspect and social aspect before doing those kind of things. And we, we really make an effort to make it a very easy visit. And most yeah. of the time, it's super, super simple. Great. And then how is it treated once you do get a diagnosis or you say this is a thing that's happening? How, what's the treatment for that? Yeah, so there are several types of incontinence like we kind of touched on, and and treatment really depends on the type. Um, We generally start um, with what we call behavior modifications in everyone, and those are the things you can do at home. Those are the things that you can kind of try before you get there. I mean, if you're having a child who is easily distracted and seems to always have accidents when outside playing, try like a timed peeing schedule. Set a timer like every two hours and send them to the bathroom um, and see if the accidents resolve. Treat underlying constipation. If you know your kid is a terrible pooper, that actually limits their ability to hold pee. So try and do some things to relieve the constipation. Um, 
we may use medicines for certain types of incontinence. We may use physical therapy to help with muscle control um, and, and a variety of things. So it really just varies on, on each individual patient. Everyone's treated individually. Yeah. So you mentioned changing the sheets earlier for the bedwetting. Mm -hmm. I know that this has to be a very frustrating thing for parents and the kids alike. I mean, nobody, they don't like it either, but it's very, very frustrating. So what can a parent do to help when their kid is going through this? Yeah, so I think the important thing is to know that, that they're called accidents for a reason. They're not called on purposes. So um, negative reinforcement, disciplining, um, and punishments have been actually shown to be unhelpful and can even prolong the problem. I mean, we know that stress and anxiety prolong bedwetting and prolong mm -hmm. incontinence. So creating that positive atmosphere, um, you know, when kid says, mom, I really didn't know I had to go, validating their feeling, they probably are telling you the truth. Mm -hmm. There are of course children that um, are out there that urinate on purpose as an act of defiance, but that is not an accident, that's an on purpose, and that's mm -hmm. a, different, a different kind of treatment, but that is rare. So yeah. it is truly, truly um, involuntary. It's, it's not something they wanna be doing, and sometimes they'll, they'll act like they don't care as a coping mechanism. Yeah. So just creating that really um, positive environment and saying, hey, look, let's go talk to someone, let's go get help, or you're not in trouble, I just want you to be honest with me, I think are great conversation star starters with kids. I think that's great. I know this has to be hard to go through, but if you can like keep it kind of positive, it's probably best for the parent and the kid, Absolutely. I would imagine. Now, mm -hmm. one more question I've got for you. You mentioned that there were several different types of incontinence. Can you enlighten on that just a little bit? Yeah, sure. So probably what we call functional urinary incontinence is one of the most common ones we see, and that's like the kids that are waiting too long to go to the bathroom, um, uh, kids that may be constipated and, and have a small functional bladder capacity. There's urge incontinence, gotta go, gotta go right now. Mm -hmm. um, there's some types of incontinence that have to do with actually the posture which you're sitting on the toilet. Mm -hmm. So it could just be something related to that. Um, and then the most common one we probably see is bedwetting. So bedwetting is by far um, one of the biggest um, concerns that we see in our clinic. Um, and that's because it's so common. I mean, even by age five to six, 20% of kids those age wet the bed. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, normal's a relative term, but we right. see it a lot. Um, and, and, and that's very personal. And so we, we treat that a lot. So I think the treatment, um, the treatments for those in daytime accidents vary a little bit, but a lot of it's similar. Awesome. You mentioned that that was one of the most common things you see um, in the urology department. What else do you see? Like, what is a common, if a parent makes an appointment for urology, what do you see typically? Oh, so I think in, in my clinic, which is the dysfunctional avoiding clinic, and we have um, a clinic here, we have a clinic in Northwest Arkansas for that, and then we also see patients in Jonesboro Clinic um, for dysfunctional avoiding. That encompasses like your accidents, your bedwetting, urinary tract infections, difficulty with urination, so like it hurts to pee or I'm having to push to pee. Yeah. Um, so those would be the main ones that, that I see. And then of course we see a lot of other conditions related to the genitalia as well. Gotcha. All right, I've got one more question for you mm -hmm. and then we'll let you go. So what do you love about your job? Um, I, I love helping families. Um, you know, we often see on the news, Arkansas Children's Hospital saves this heart patient or, um, you know, it's doing great things in the, oncology department helping kids with cancer and those things are so so important and it is so important to save lives I think that we say that all the time but you know our mission here is is, is just to take care of the whole child and 
one of the things that matters most to them is having a normal social life. And if mm-hmm. they're having accidents and they're embarrassed all the time, that's so personal and they're right. so affected by that. So I love being able to help them with something that is as important to them as, um, you know, curing cancer and treating um, heart conditions may be to the hospital as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it, it's important to remember that that if, there's no too, too small of a condition. If you're worried about something, if something's bothering your child, you know, be empowered, seek, seek treatment for it because that's, that's what Children's is here for. I love it. I can tell you're super passionate about what you do. The kids that you treat are obviously lucky to have you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I, I learned a lot. I tried not to learn too much before I came into <laughs> it because I wanted to let you teach me a little bit and you certainly did. Thank you for joining us. You guys, thank you for joining us and have a happy Friday.